the Battle Crown have emerged victorious from their champion-ranked tribe, and the psychic disturbance which terrorized Zenith has blessedly ended. Okay, Fluga, what's going on here? I've never seen you compelled by anything, except the need to accessorize. I... I was overcome with a vision of... my mother. <coughs> Please don't make me ask. We are parts mechanical. Born not built from the yawning apertures of the infinite foundry. Within her cold metal walls, we glimpse the true nature of order before being given our designation and thrust out into the cruel chaos of the cosmos. This moment gives us purpose, insoles us, and binds us unceasingly to the greater forces of order and logic. We are machines, yes, but we share the same mother, and her inner workings would sunder the brave and madden the wise. I saw her again today, and longed to feel her touch, to be decommissioned and reintegrated. What once was so great a fear that I would shatter my divine will to escape it, now seems an honor beyond value, beyond comprehension. Hmm. I didn't see squat. What? Yeah, bud. Nothing here but a staticky scry. And a prompter we all ignore. Hi, Teddy. You're doing God's work. I don't know what God, but he clearly hates you. You didn't see your mother? Nope, never have. Probably never will. I was raised by my dad. And then my dad and Kent after they got married. And then they brought Victor into the mix. My old man has like a moment of self-discovery every ten years like clockwork. But nope, no moms. I can't even imagine the testosterone. Nah, they're all softies. Except Victor. He always brought me to the gym with him. Changed my life, brother. Astonishing. I never knew you had three fathers. I never knew you had the mother of all mothers. That's pretty radical. I'm going to ignore the blasphemy of calling the mother of order radical and take us to a commercial. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy night? 1920s. New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. The lacquer has peeled and faded. The bassinets, cribs, and children's beds are empty as the flesh disappears into nothing. The ivory mask lies on the floor, and the door opens. Is everyone all right? <sighs> For some reason, I... Feel a little more distinguished, but I can't put my finger on why. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know seaweed could turn silver. It's it's very dashing, Wusha. Thank you. I feel like I've been dashed on the rocks. I didn't know something could scratch at your inside so hard. Are, are you feeling okay? I you you seem the most affected of all of us. I feel. I feel like I should. Look warmly upon a family round a kitchen, but I don't got none of those. <laughs> Does anyone else have any lasting effects? Some of the wounds that that creature delivered seem to cut deeper than flesh and bone. I can still feel them lingering. I'm glad I wasn't hit by any of its abilities. I might have been a baby again and we'd be back where we started. <laughs> Despite you saying that you ha did not get hit by any of its abilities, Iabos is giving you like a full checkup, like looking you in the eyes, making sure like you're following his finger, making sure there's no wounds, just babying you a little bit. I'm fine, Papa. Are we sure this is over? 
No, not at all. Well, the door open. That is a sign that a quest could be complete, but I look down at the floor. Give me just a moment. Before we just willy-nilly pick up this mask that was attached to one of the nastiest boys we've ever encountered, <laughs> I'm going to use my class ability as a arcane cleric to identify it. It does not have a name. It does not have features or traits. You simply wear it, and you can cast Wish once. As I, as I taste the arcane flavors, am I picking up any hints of curse? <laughs> is there a little bit of that coming through? <laughs> Something is wrong with it. But you cannot put your finger on it. If it is cursed, you can't identify the curse. I put my finger on it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'd like you to go ahead and roll me an arcana check. Ooh. Ooh. Can I assist? No. No, just something you know or don't. Can I assist myself? Yes, you can. (laughs) I look down at it with my spectacles and open opus, letting him show me which page he wants me to see. And I... Look real juicy with my old eyes. Well, one is a one, so I'm glad I had advantage. Because <laughs> that would have just been the most law roll ever. Hold on, I haven't looked at my arcane bonus in over a month. Mm, that's good. I rolled a eight, but I got a 20. Hell yeah. That is very good. It is not enough. I believe it. But not by much. You can tell that there are secrets to this thing that you cannot quite parse here in the aftermath of the combat. but. The question that you're asking yourself is whether it is evil or cursed, and the answer to that is no. Yavos, I ain't never been so torn about nothing for. Every single inch of my big old bud wants to put that mask right on my face. But I know if I do, something bad might happen. And uh, I don't want to be a big mean mummy. I'm going to very carefully pick it up and say, none of us should deal with this without a lot of deliberation. I don't even know if they're going to let us hold on to it when we return. That said, I gesture it towards Gaspar. Would you do me a favor and make sure that no one but us gets their hands on this? Nyavos looks you in the eyes. I haven't heard of any situation in which a wish is granted and people getting exactly what they want. I will make sure this is not misused. I feel you can keep it safer than any of us. I know you have your tricks. The door is open. No light shines through. Only black. Well, lifting up his spear and walking over to stand by the door. I hate this place and everything in it that ain't you guys. And them curtains. (laughs) I'm ready to go when you are. We can take the curtains. It's treasure. They would look lovely in your dungeon, Busha. Dungeon? You can call it a dungeon. <laughs> is, is Mangrove? Oh, Ooh, I like that. I like Mangrove. All tangled up in your man nest. <laughs> <laughs> and this form, my man nest is surprisingly abundant and could go for some accoutrement. All right, fuck it. Wish I was going to walk over, just tear the curtains off, walk back to the door. The centuries, millennia, unknown amount of time of the false sun beating on these drapes has caused the teal to go from cyan to a deep, deep blue, looking almost like the ocean. Ooh. I definitely thought you were going to say that they were going to crumble to pieces as soon as I tore them down. (laughs) If you don't mind, I do have a question, Gaspar. Is this place from your memories? Not at all. Perhaps it was from its own? How strange. As you look around at the empty beds and remembering the disembodied arms, half-faces, torsos, you realize no creature you have encountered has prolonged life in such a way. (sighs) Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Then let us be gone from this place and not think of it again. I have us will fatherly gesture to the door. Wusha stands next to the door with the drapes thrown about his shoulders like a superhero. Not having to be told twice, Penelope is the first one to bound through the open door. As you walk out onto the catwalk, 
now shining, gleaming, with silvery metal, which matches the collar in its new form, seamless and elegant. Gone are the rivets and the industrial aesthetics. Instead, the collar is exactly as it should be, a perfect ring of metal. The door opposite you opens, and as you enter, the new collar director approaches. All right, kids, uh, go ahead and give me your um, your stuff. Ugh, I don't even want to touch that. The man before you has long, silvery gray hair, a thick handlebar mustache, which connects to his sideburns. He has the look of a man who smokes easily three packs of cigarettes a day and a voice to match. He reaches out with his nicotine-stained fingers. Wusha slumps his shoulders a little bit, realizing he has to give up his curtains, will very carefully fold them like a respectful flag, making sure they do not touch the ground, and then hand them to the man. He drops them in a box. (laughs) (laughs) I will give him the ivory mask. As soon as he touches it, his hand kind of dips as if the weight was more than he expected, but he puts it in the box as well. What happened to the old collar director, that tall, gangly gentleman? (laughs) He got stuck in there. He gestures to the axis. Was he an adventurer? Nope. Just an idiot. Oh, dear. When did that happen? Right about the time we saved you. Oh. Honeycakes. After we got you out, he flew the damn thing up to the top, high as it could go, into the storm. Never came back. Good riddance. He always seemed a little off in the head, I suppose. That's Abelites. They're all a bit weird. Look on your long journey, weird, weird man. To the top of the axis. Yep. Tried to find him on directives from above. We did our best, but no luck. But there, there is no top to the axis, is there? No. It's a storm of chaos. Constantly reforming itself. It basically just goes into nothing. It's infinite, too. Every probe we've sent out kind of just keeps going, and then we lose signal. Hmm. And, uh, just to be clear, that creature we just encountered, that was the Adrahai. That it was. I would have never imagined it to manifest like that. I would have never imagined you could actually beat it. Well... Defeated, perhaps, but fear that its uh, haunting memories will last for quite some time. Yep. Well, I get you home. <clears throat> he turns around and gestures to a large, unnaturally thick dwarf. As he moves his belly, kind of jostles and jiggles, and he pulls a lever, and you start to descend. Well, this will make another disturbing mosaic for our living room. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, when you end up putting that together, will you tell me which corner it sits in? I never want to look at it. I think we should probably cover all of them with curtains or something. Oh, I have curtains. (laughs) Before long, you arrive back in the battle center, where a neon diameter is waiting for you. She seems to be dressing in an odd, grassy motif. Everything is vines and foliage growing almost out of her like clothing and hanging in long drapery off of her arms and down from her waist. Her hair is green paper designed to look as though it were willow branches hanging low. She smiles and runs up. Oh my God, that was amazing. Okay. So we have your score already. They were so excited. Perfect five. No. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) All right, teamwork five. Obviously, effective use of each other's strengths. No KOs, though I don't think that was much of a difficulty since she wasn't really doing a lot of damage. And absolutely no penalties. So you got a perfect one on that one. Super excited. We've also got a four on ingenuity. Repetition. Keep an eye out for it. You got to come up with new creative ways to do things, guys. You can't just do the same thing over and over again. Also, you know, some people didn't have a lot of options. Looks over at Nelly. Build yourself better, sweetheart. If something having radiant energy defenses makes you useless, then you are always useless. I'll, uh, I'll sign up for some night classes. Ha! Night. Necrotic, I guess. Probably, right? Was that the joke? Uh, It is now. Okay, cool. I thought you meant night with a K. (laughs) 
Valor, I mean, there wasn't really a lot for you guys to like run away from. So whatever. But, you know, with commendation, because, you know, repeated attempts to draw unimaginable attacks to preserve your crew is a pretty cool thing to do. That's like the pinnacle of bravery. So they give you a commendation. It doesn't get you anything, but it goes on your record. Well, the desire to run was certainly there. I know, right? I would have. I don't even give half of a shit about the idea of being in the league. And if somebody was like, hey, fight this, I'd be like, fuck you. And then I leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're the boss. (laughs) Exactly. Administrative tasks are far more comfortable. Um, But yeah, discipline. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, strong tactics and positioning is great. But it doesn't make up for, like, repeated loss of will to negative consequences. Every time one of you, like, lets it can tell you what to do or you have to do things like bow to its will, that looks bad for your discipline. So don't. But, yeah, that's it. Um, Basically, so you've got two fives, two fours. And that comes out to, if I remember correctly, I think it's not 4.2, 4.5, I think. Yeah. All right. Times your proficiency bonus. So I think you're out of debt. Nellie's tail starts wagging. That's such good news. I have to get one of those. I, I get what? Tail. That's fucking adorable. Oh. Look at you. Thank you. Uh, we know an individual who specializes in bodies. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, I think we have a business card. Ooh, it's greasy. It's printed on flesh. <laughs> oh, that, that would explain the greasy. I think Gaspar is a business card. <laughs> Oh, gosh, you're Gaspar. You don't know your own... I swear to God, I thought you were just, like, you know, a new member. And I just didn't want to... Never mind. Don't worry about it. Nice, um... Breasts. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Do we need to talk to HR? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like... My armor isn't particularly flattering to them but i appreciate your sentiment but they're not mine i mean they're on loan (laughs) fair enough nice rental how are you adjusting gaspar i i've been meaning to ask you being in another body isn't necessarily that jarring what i feel is already muted by my incomplete soul so I never really felt at home in my own body, and I don't feel at home here. I think I know where you're coming from. Wow, we're getting real close into stuff I don't find comfortable. I'm going to go. I don't want to listen to you guys talk about your feelings. But if you have any questions, just uh, shoot me a message. Again, don't include your feelings. You're our manager. You need to manage our feelings, too. I don't think that's true. Yes. Okay, then I quit. (laughs) (laughs) It was that easy. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm not going to quit. But also, just do me a favor, okay? Rochelle's going to put his hand up. Um, this isn't this isn't a third grade class, honey. You could just go ahead and say stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, who is supposed to manage our feelings? Um, is there someone professionally we can talk to? Or just so I understand, are all of you not aware that you have a therapist you can see? A what? What was Rain doing? Oh, mostly uh, getting lunch with Yavos. That happened twice. Wow. Okay. They so got noodles. You have a lot of privileges and rights that come with being a champion. I mean, admittedly, she probably didn't think it was important to tell you, but being that you're a champion, you basically have any service you could basically need. It's a union job, Hans. You qualify. Also, you have seniority. So, you know, for top of the list. When she says seniority, Wusha runs his hand through his silvery seaweed. Gross. Oh, I like it. <laughs> she then runs her hands through her faux willow hair but no seriously uh if you have any uh needs like you know emotional needs let me know and i'll give you to somebody else Nellie looks thoughtful for a moment with everything we've been through if they're offering therapy i i think we should all take it everybody needs it and frankly uh adventurers need it more than anybody it's why you have so many people going evil so fast Like, literally every single jackass who's like, I'm a paladin. I think everything has to be exactly right, just the right way. And then he turns around and, like, murders his friends. It's like, okay, shocker. Uh, What a random scenario. uh, (laughs) Wusha definitely had his mouth open to say something to Penny. But as soon as she finishes that sentence, he is going to shut up and say, when do we get back home? 
Yeah, see that right there? That's the problem. That's how you get nasty. Buttoning it up. But also, I don't want to know. So, you know, thanks. Uh, <laughs> wow, I've been standing here for... <laughs> wow, I've been standing here for like five minutes. And uh, my life has not gotten any better. So I'm going to go. I'm, I've said that like too many times. Uh, if you need anything, send me mail. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> she turns around and walks away. Well, we're we're out of debt. That went great. We're champions now. I mean, it does feel good knowing that we're not going to have to be kicked off of Zenith and find some off-world job. Those aren't fun. But we do have an important decision to make. After the quest. Therapy or ears and beers? (laughs) (sighs) Sound like two versions of the same answer. (laughs) Ears and beers, please. We invite the therapist to ears and beers. Oh, no. I don't think they're allowed to do that, but I think we can celebrate first, and and then we can get on a schedule. I don't think they'd survive that. Maybe we should find a tavern that doesn't frequent a lot of League representatives or members. Uh, I feel like this whole Audra High thing might draw some unwanted attention. Oi, Gasper, do you know a lonesome little tavern where you can go and think about yourself and all the... Things that might be wrong. Where everybody knows your name. (laughs) Yeah, we can head over to the beheaded aardvark. I think they have private rooms now where you can just sing your heart out. (laughs) Do you think they'll recognize us? We're not supposed to be allowed there. Does Jed Brody start a karaoke bar? (laughs) Oh, don't worry. That incident is par for the course in the Bowery. Well, all right. Let's do it. Self-reflection special, here we come. As you enter the beheaded aardvark, the first thing you see is not Jet Brody in his gaseous form. It's not the dingy dive bar that you're used to. Instead, you are greeted by Doug. This incredibly average man with his brown hair and his brown eyes and his white t-shirt and pair of jeans looks at you. Follow Crown? Hello, Doug. Hi, Hello. Doug. Hi. Hello. Oh, there, Doug. Hi there. Hello. Hey, Doug. Hey. <laughs> so? Uh, I got something for you. Here you go. He holds out a scry crystal. Uh, thank you. Did you know we were going to be here? No. (laughs) But did you, though? No. Uh, there's one of me over there. He points to a bar across the way. Uh, there's about six of me down that street. And, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, one of me's on the rooftop. I just kind of guessed. Well, he's having fun, isn't he? I don't think he is. I think I have a fear of heights. Oh, dear. Like a general fear of heights or like a crippling? Yes, Spotter, put your notebook away. You don't need to note Doug's weaknesses. <laughs> Help me out. What's a panic attack feel like? Uh, heart palpitations, uh, loss of focus on things around you. Heart's the one that makes farts, right? No. Um, well. Unless, well, save that for the poets. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, the one in your chest that makes the blood go around. Gotcha. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, this is a panic attack. Okay. Would it help understanding that most of you is not on a building? That really does help those of us that aren't on a building. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Anyway, that's for you. Um, Do you know who it's from? No. I don't open people's mail. Damn. Who gave it to you? Obsessive inculum. Oh. Well, okay. I don't think she wanted to find you. Because you're hard to find. Hence the six of us. I see. Well, she put the right man on the job, I suppose. Not a man, but thank you. Uh, terminology, I apologize. I mean, I do have genital. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting use of lack of pluralities. What happened to Jet? Who? Oh, the bartender here. Cloudfellow. I had that problem too. Um, sometimes when something's in the way of something, I can't see it. Um, and he moves over to the side and you see Jet Brody standing behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> you wizard. <laughs> Wusha is going to look a little disappointed. Well, I kind of wanted to see what drink Doug made with his own body liquid. I don't think you want that. You know, I'm in a place right now where it's totally okay to tell me what I do and don't want. Fair enough. I'll just go ahead and assume that you don't want a quaff of my piss. 
Um, not right now. New team rule. Uh, no abstract drinks. All right. I'm a tall drink of abstract water. Or <laughs> yes, piss. you are. That's what that lady just told me. She points over and there's another Doug standing across the way with a woman who's a few years older than his physical form. And uh, she kind of gives a wave. Well, go get her, tiger. I believe I am. Excellent. Uh, well, we're going to find a private room. I assume you're going to just continue standing here and existing. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. Wasn't a suggestion, just guessing. All right, whatever. Yeah, no, I like this one. This one's a good spot. Right in front of the door. No, uh, where do we sing? Anywhere. Oh. <gasps> do not know. <laughs> Vito. All right. Let's order drinks first. Why? Why Vito? I'm, I'm confused. Uh, Wuxia draws a lot of attention with his loud singing, and we have things to do. But he wants to, though, yeah? Wuxia wants to do a lot of things that should be put on pause until the right time. Whoa. <laughs> Hit me with that again. Uh, Wuxia isn't always good in social situations, and I try to help him navigate that. And sometimes that means not doing what comes to mind. Exactly. Nice. I like that. More than sometimes. Okay. We love Wuxia, but he needs help sometimes. Do you want to learn about self-control? If there was a ratio of do it to don't do it, what would it be? Wuxia picks up his fingers and looks at them, wiggling each one like he's counting them, then looks back up and says, lots. That's not a ratio. Does he know what a ratio is? Uh, 15, 30, uh, 65, 85. To what? To things I want to do but don't. Okay, I've never been that good at math, um, but I don't think any of you knows what a ratio is. So I'm going to stand here and do one sixty-fifth of the things I think about. Ooh, a risk taker. <laughs> I like Doug. <laughs> it's hard not to. Wusha is worried about the kind of drink he would order, so he's just going to go find a table and sit down. <laughs> the table you sit down at has four drinks at the table. Uh, we decided we were going to go for ears and beers, so there is a nice hoppy cold beer. Nice. Nellie seems somewhat in thought, somewhat confused as she takes her seat. And what appears before her is a cup of herbal tea, mostly honey. Hey, Papa, what's the drinking agency, Nith? Uh, we're in the Bowery. I don't think anyone's going to check your ID. 18. Great. Then this isn't illegal. Next to it, a giant jug of mead suddenly appears. In front of Gaspar is a frosted tin of imperial stout with extra head. Mm. 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 And in front of Usha is a glass of warm piss. Usha picks up a hand and just starts reaching for it. Are you sure you... I realize you are considering drinking Doug's fluids. Do you actually want this, or do you want to get a nice cold drink with the rest of us? Remember your ratio. (laughs) (laughs) Wusha opens and closes his hand briefly like a crab claw, then puts it down and says, I don't think I want piss. (laughs) I'm very proud of you, Wusha. Yavos, could you do me a favor? Yes. It's the only thing I can think of. So can you tell me what I want? Wusha, I don't... I respect you too much to try to control you like that, but I think you would enjoy a beer. I've seen you like them before. I know you like your chunky grog. And it has been a minute. Maybe you should start getting your new body accustomed to the foulness that is chunky grog. (sighs) You're right. My mind has been cleared. One chunk, please. Uh, the junkie grog appears in front of you in an earthenware mug, and near the door you hear, Thanks, you could have said that like three minutes ago. Yes, I could. And a round of freshly fried elephant ears. Mm. That one doesn't come up and manifest itself. Instead, a little while later, a slightly more purple cloud approaches and kind of manifests them out of the fog. Thank you so much. Uh, we understood that there's rooms for singing. You hear an audible sigh come from inside the cloud. <laughs> Same. <laughs> the cloud gestures towards a small hallway that has private booths. 
Can we make ourselves at home in a private room? If a cloud could shrug, it does. Got it. Clouds can do anything. Let us uh, find a nice song for Wuxia to sing in this private booth over here. I have so many ideas. Ushering the group down the hall and into one of the open rooms. I'm going to close the door and then kind of peek up and down the hallway real quick to make sure no one's standing too close. And uh, sit down at the table and say, we should really listen to this. There is a scry player in the center, which presumably allows you to play whatever karaoke songs you want. Uh, the walls are also covered in kind of a what looks like a sheen of magic that seems designed to dampen. Hmm. Not that kind of dampen. <laughs> <laughs> As if I need more of that. I'm going to take the crystal full of like 5,000 generic songs out and set it to the side. <laughs> and uh, I will insert the scry crystal we received from Doug so that we can listen to it together. The image resolves. Before you is a deep dwarf. He has a deep black beard that almost seems to fade into the color of his skin. And while not heavily scarred, he definitely shows signs of battle and age on his face. The image begins to speak. Fallow crown, if you're hearing this, I have failed in my quest to find and rescue Dirk Bradley. Lords, I can't believe I just said that out loud. In such an event, I, Warren Rustborough, would like to hire you for a quest. Enclosed are coordinates to the demiplane where we're being held or where our bodies rest. You will be unable to use a standard ring gate to get there, and as such you will need to take a ship to the listed coordinates in error space. There you will find a private ring gate belonging to Isago Shigure, former and true commissioner of the League of Ultimate Questing. In addition to your standard reward, I will refund any expended glory as quintessence upon successful completion. I've already acquired approval from your administrator, so there's only one thing left for you to do. Save me. And Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to real talk with you for a moment, Sarge, if you'd permit me. Permission granted. I don't understand why the Fallow Crown scored so high on their mission to take down the Adruhai. They had multiple losses of will to negative effects. They repeatedly put themselves out of formation, and while they didn't have any KOs, Wusha suffered a permanent curse. They shouldn't have walked out of there with more than one discipline and three ingenuity. There, I said it. Real talk disengaged. Resuming 65-30 split of exposition and banter with a floating five for unanticipated hijinks slash trauma. Let me break this down for you, Paige. The admins rotate scoring duties in groups of three, aided by official judges. After their quest, they or their proxies give their scores. The commissioner or his proxy averages them out and gives the verdict. I'm not going to lie, it's not the perfect system. Favoritism and bias are rampant. There have been some robberies. Like when the transient exiles walked out of that illicit den with a 3.25, even though they were punching way above their level. They carved up an elder brain into Tetevu and downright calamaried all the nearby illicit at the humble level of 8. 3.25 was a travesty. Oh, when the gutter snipes limped into a 4.5 after the siege of Muji 36, despite their near team wipe and Waffle having to drag their corpses 13 miles to extraction. They exhibited some real rookie quest prep, not bringing a healer or a single restorative potion. It's a miracle they didn't get their PTK'd. Exactly. Fact is, some admins are loyal to the crown, so to speak. These guys have captured the attention and the imagination of the audience. Can't be surprised they got somebody looking out for them. I suppose so. And more importantly, they just got revenge. For Roland Breakbridge, Gaul Corpforge, the Vicious Sisters, Hammerhead Harlock Rummel, Ryu and Tampon Yutha, who held her off for five rounds while their team escaped, and so many more. Might be hard to imagine judges being biased, but they're people. People who feel the crown have been dealt a bad hand. They're owed a little gratitude. Well said, Sarge. Well said. We're about to witness a plainer phenomenon. A keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. 
Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Does your breath smell worse than a bugbear's den in mating season? Does your morning breath require a con save versus poison damage? Don't let bad breath spoil your perfectly average charisma score. Reach for new Alctoids, alchemically crafted capsules from the primordial essence of the plane of freshness. Your tongue will feel like it's taking both fire and cold damage at the same time. Thousands of tiny spearmints will commit violent genocide on your oral bacteria. You'll lose the ability to taste for over an hour, but your breath will be in mint condition and kissably clean like Dornish mountain air. Reach for the mithril tin full of spicy mouth rocks. Alctoids teach bad breath a lesson. Hey, all you cuties. By the end of this mid-roll, you'll be a mid-roll older. Happy springtime from everyone at Slapdash Studios. We hope that the weather in your area is nice, but if it isn't, you can always listen to podcasts. This podcast is made possible by Patreon support. Thank you to all of our backers. We wouldn't be here without you. To check out what rewards you can find on the Patreon, psst, it's a lot. Visit the LUQ.com for all things LUQ. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Return of the Forgotten Legacy, with Chance Llama and username Already Taco. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for Monday night live premieres of the LUQ with Dana and the return of the BST Pokemon XY Soul Link, plus other streaming throughout the week. You know, when we have time. The mailing address to get anything to the LUQ is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214. And if you do, we'd love to put it on social media. And just a note, the idea for this week's new commercial came from our very own Zach the Dungeon Boy Barkus. Thanks, Zach. Well, that's plenty from me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Beige. The color of submission. New from Statmore. A new line of leggings to help cover your lowest priorities. Nothing can be more stressful for a tyrant than clothing their subordinates. But gone are the days of tattered crotch napkins, empty fast food bags, and hollowed out teddy bears. It's time for pants. With a comfortable and durable combination of cotton, wool, and synthetic fibers, affordable bulk prices, utility pockets for easy storage of crossbow bolts, a meager fistful of stolen copper, or snacks for after the war, and breathtaking neutral dull colors like sand, tan, taupe, camel, and stone, making sure nobody thinks you're an important part of the team. Introducing Lackeys, the perfect no-nonsense, no-respect trousers for minions. They come in all sizes from Mephit to Hill Giant. Sure, they stain very easily, and they clash with anything that looks nice, but so do your underlings. It was meant to be. Lackeys, be on your pants. The image of Warren Rusborough fades. In his place are coordinates. Two sets. The first, local aether space, and the other, coordinates for a demiplane titled Beta D-22. Twice. Twice now, I've gotten to do both things. I'm immediately going to snatch the crystal out so those coordinates aren't just sitting there in the sky. Mm-hmm. Wait, was... Is Warren working for Commissioner Shugre? 
They certainly spoke of him fondly in that. Uh, I believe the commissioner did reference them, perhaps working together. Either way, I'm curious why he chose us, I suppose it being that we were the commissioner's team. This is a shock, to say the least. We've been running headlong into a lot of secrets recently. I understood that Warren and Dirk weren't on Scry recently, but I didn't know it was because one was trying to save the other. Well, we have a job to do. That we do, and now we have a ship that can take us to these coordinates. Wusha puts down the microphone and says, oh, different job. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to carefully push the song crystal just a little further away from the (laughs) receiver. (laughs) Well, it sounded somewhat urgent, so I suppose we shouldn't take too much time, assuming we all agree that this is something we want to do. Are we to set out immediately? We'll need to prepare ourselves. We need at least a day to return home and get our things in order. Yes, we'll need at least that long to make all the soup we'll need. Lots of road soup, yes. (laughs) I doubt there's an adequate kitchen on our sun sloop. Not with that attitude. And it sounds, if we can trust him at his word, that he has our administrator's approval, and, well, we're very deep into her pocket, so if she wants us to do something, we kind of have to... Oh dear, I, it seems we may have to forego singing songs here in this bar room and go home to do other things. It's all right, Yavos. Read into the most appropriate place to sing songs, the ship. Yes, the place where we can't escape from. <laughs> <laughs> Wind in my weeds, song in my heart, I'm ready to go. Uh, tell you what, I'll give you and Penny time for one song. A duet, perhaps. Oh, oh. They have Wall of Wonder. Wall of Wonder is good. Have you done Rock Sand? <laughs> Ooh, or Material Plane Girl. Ooh, I like that. What about Someday Bloodied Someday? You attempt to pay your tab before Jet Brody waves you off, saying that it's already been covered, and then head out by way of taxi. When you arrive in Acrotaria, you are immediately waved through the airspace. The taxi comes to a landing at the Aether port, directly next to your sun sloop. Well, let's plan to set out early in the morning, so we have the rest of the day to take care of our businesses. Uh, Wusha, would you do us a favor and take a look at the ship, let us know what we need, and make sure you understand its workings? I assume Gaspar can help in steering this. I don't know who between the two of you is most specialized in controlling a vessel this large. But I know both of you have skills in it. We'll make sure everything's in its place. I would be quite worthless. Almost giddy, Wusha is going to hook his arm through Gaspar's arm and nearly skip onto the ship. You run up the gangplank and you get a better sense of what the ship is made out of and its overall design. The first thing you note is that it is made of high quality teak. The lacquer and sealant is very fresh and new. This is not a boat that was just bought off the line. This was handmade. The modest superstructure leads down into the crew berth. There are four rooms with basic accommodations as well as a galley and a small sitting area. The ship was not designed for long journeys and it was not designed to carry heavy cargo. However, it does have a decently sized hold. It has been largely left undecorated so that you can choose what aesthetics you would like to imprint upon it. Well, you guess, Bar, she's a beaut. Ain't she a beaut? I'm going to slap the hull. Yes, um, a blank canvas for us. I did have one special thing requisitioned. You want to see it? I'm excited. You're excited. Wusha is going to duck into his quarters very briefly and then come out with his special hat, his pentacorn. It's like a tricorn, but with two extra corns. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me too. <laughs> Tell me you got matching hats for the rest of us. I Shit. <laughs> we I'll, still have time. I'll make sure to find them. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a nice feather for each one too. <laughs> While he's off doing that, you take a look inside the engine room. And what you see is a standard solar engine. This is designed to transfer the solar sail energy 
into forward momentum. It has standard defensive runes to protect you from external forces, and it has an auxiliary ether drive, which uses quintessence as fuel. Comparatively to other vessels, how fast does this thing go? It's on the faster side. It's not exactly the fastest in the fleet. It's not designed for high, high speed, but it is designed for decent combat. It's got good maneuverability, at least at first glance. And you could safely say that you could outrun pretty much anything that's larger than it in the same class. And what is our quintessence to time sailing? Like, what's what's our mileage? Well, you don't have to use quintessence if you don't want to, as long as there is a sun. But if you are in a tight spot, it just depends on how fast you're going. And I'm not going to get into the calculations yeah, yeah, okay. of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you could safely say that one quintessence would buy you about a day of travel or one solid jump from one side of a plane to another. Okay. So we can hit the nitrous. Yeah. You can hit the nitrous. The nos. <laughs> in the meantime. One of the reasons I have I wanted to return to the mansion was to deal with something he promised the group he would handle for them. And that is hiring someone to deliver a package to the AAA. That package containing the bones of Ophidia Nashpool. It seems like the right place to send them for whatever last respects that corporation wants to impart on him. He was part of their squad. He was their good, good boy. Even if he was a little bit of a nasty boy. And we want to, you know, give off his bones with respect. That sounds good. You package everything up and you provide it to the nearest post office. As you part with them in the final moment, you can sense a kind of relief as though a burden is off your shoulders. And as they're loading it onto the truck, I just gently put my hand on it and say, Ophidian, you are a complicated one. And the blade does not like the stone that it is sharpened against. But just rest assured that if there was any soul left, we would have tried to bring you back. But that's not an option. So rest still in peace for all time. Meanwhile, Nelly approaches Wusha on the deck of the ship, carrying something in her arms. You got permission to board, Nelly. Why, thank you, Wusha. I like your hat. Oh, thank you. Where did you get it? I, well... That I asked very carefully for a complicated hat. I got this. Uh, it has so many corns. Two more than regulation. Yes. <laughs> so while you and Gaspar were in Verata, um, Papa and I went to the Bowery and I, I got you something. But it uh, took me a few days to finish it. Uh, I don't got nothing for you. I thought, well, thanks. Thanks, Nelly. Your return is gift enough, truly. I just, I know how much you've missed your, your little friends. And, well, I, I, I couldn't find anywhere that just sells body crabs, but I, I thought this might help a little. What, what is it? Oh, open it. Wish I was going to very carefully crack the box open and look in. It is... A dress fitted for Wuxia, um, nearly exactly like the old one, but this one is in a stunning ocean blue. And after buying it, Nelly has hand-embroidered crabs, starfishes, and all manner of other sea life all over it. Wuxia does his best to blush and turn red, which is a color he's not terribly familiar with. Purple overtaking his cheeks as a huge smile splits across his big shaggy face. It's perfect! I'm going to sling it out with one hand and let it catch in the wind like a flag. And with the other hand, I'm going to reach down and scoop you up under the arms and squeeze you real tight. Tight, tight enough to get so damp. <laughs> he's going to Put you down, bring the dress in, and say, it's a true warrior's garment. It really is. And it's the job of a captain to keep their crew happy. He's going to take off his hat and put it on Nelly's head. You deserve to wear that more than me. Are, are you serious? Take it. It's all it takes to be a captain. Good dress sense. Wow, the, the two extra corns really make room for my antlers. <laughs> It's like it was crafted with you in mind. 
God, I just feel like that would be the opposite of the case. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nelly. Thank you. I feel like a piece of me has come back. She beams and, with a small flourish, exits the ship to go about her business. After the initial sweep of the sun sloop, Gaspar is going to head on over to the manse. There you find a box containing your magic items, and it seems to be sealed with a wax seal that protects all items inside of it from external tampering. To be clear, the magic items are a god mask and curtains. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gaspar is going to take the mask. I'm going to pop open that seal. As soon as you do, a visual effect not unlike scales peeling back runs itself over the box, and you can feel the magic dissipate. Do I understand or have an idea of what magic just disappeared here? In your personal experience, what this spell does is it prevents people from lifting the box or opening the box, including yourselves. Okay. But now that's open, mm-hmm. I will take the curtains and the mask. I will briefly enter the manse to lay down the neatly folded curtain down onto one of our side tables. Then... Gaspar is going to head over to the Bowery, have duplicates of this mask commissioned. Whoever can quickly make it, I'm then going to place several of them in trapped chests throughout our our manse. Perfect. One of these masks I'm going to put in a gelatinous block that resembles a gelatinous cube. It's actually not that hard to find bulk gelatin powder, and it's also not that hard to find a box. So you managed to very effectively make an approximation of one of these things. You've got skulls and bones lying around, so whatever, you just tuck them in. Yeah, I'll, yeah. <laughs> just a diorama. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, Gaspar is just going to, like, after emptying out my basket of bones into this jello, look around, get up, like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but... This brings me joy. (laughs) As you stand holding the actual mask, you also hold the letter that came with it. It says much of what Yavos already said. Nameless, featureless, one wish, unknown magical aura. Underneath, it says, too powerful for champion rank, cannot be used on quests. And so Gaspar is going to keep that mask in the only place he knows is safe. And that cuts to Iavos also dumping out a basket of bones. We run into each other in the hallway. (laughs) Both with a basket of bones. (laughs) But his is destined for a large pot of stew that he is making a stock out of, which he will then start adding vegetables and roasted meats to make a keg of rodent soup. (laughs) I definitely heard rodent soup. Mm -hmm. There's maybe a little in there. A squirrel. Red stew. A scouse is a scouse. Let's fucking go. You <laughs> can't have nutrients without nutria. <laughs> Gross. Oh, yes. I'm also making soup. <laughs> I've learned not to ask, Gaspar. Trap soup. <laughs> I do appreciate that you keep your bones in a basket. That's very decorative. Not a chest or a bag. I used to do the burlap sacks, but I'm really exploring this budget thing. <laughs> It suits you. Having money. Wick is a big step up from Berlin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, since the new kitchen is basically like right in the middle of our new manse, I'm just able to see everyone passing by as they come and go and filling the entire area with the smell of roasted alliums and cooked meats. The rest of the night is fitful and uneasy, but for none more than Wusha. He has dreams of children in pain. He has dreams of cold embraces, flavorless food, and a constant sense of fear. Though Wuxia usually sleeps on his big wet mat in the salty brine that is the oceanic pit of his basement, tonight of all nights, he's going to climb up to his lighthouse, tuck his knees into his chest, and for the first time in a very long time, start a little fire in front of him etching ancient and great beasts into the dirt below. 
as you drift to sleep, the shadows dancing across the room. Your new curtains rustle and settle for a moment in the shape of a person. When the morning comes, all of you feel more rested than you did. Those of you who have soul wounds can opt to spend hit dice to heal them as if this were a short rest. Those hit dice will not be available to you until you take a long rest without soul wounds. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend two of mine because I believe that will easily cover what I have gone down. Mm -hmm. And I am actually, I rolled really good. I could have done it with one. (laughs) I had to roll two as well. And I have uh, completely healed my soul wounds. Excellent. From what I have tracked down, I didn't take very many. So I'm going to go ahead and roll it out. Hey, look, I spent one hit dice. I'm good. And uh, backline Nelly did not take any. Hey. Clever girl. (laughs) As dawn rises on your ship, the four of you meet at her side. Begin the preparations by loading some things we'll need onto the ship. I almost has Wusha help carry his keg of stew. Some, Some generic bedding and extra food, rations, clothing. The moment you stand on deck, all four of you, your bracelets alight. You're being broadcast. Sooner than I thought. It, I don't know much about sailing, Wusha, but I have heard that it's very unlucky to sail in a ship without a name. I think you're right, but I've heard a sailor's tale that takes it another direction. Bad luck, sure, but a ship, it's got to earn its name. That makes sense. Excitedly, Wusha is going to run to the wheel and take Nelly with him. Popping Nelly up onto his back or his shoulders, he's going to grab a hold of the wheel and say, What's our heading, Captain? I'm left. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Nelly slides back a sleeve and looks at something written on her forearm. Oh, I mean, port. <laughs> Boat lift. <laughs> you rise from the ring dock, turn port. And then realize that is not, in fact, the direction you're supposed to go. And then turn starboard. I meant starboard. I. <laughs> God, is there going to be a quiz later? You'll get it. And fly out over error proper. But as you reach the outermost limits of zenithal airspace, your ship is halted. The scry crystal at the helm activates. It is a request for access code. These were in the scry crystal as a part of the coordinates. As you enter them in. There's a pause, longer than you would have expected. And then you're released. Feels like we're doing something illegal. I suppose we are, but they let us. It can't be that illegal. We're on scry. Somebody should write down all the laws we've broken. (laughs) I strike that from the record. (laughs) As you fly, you see the featureless void before you and below the infinite expanse of error. But that featureless void suddenly has a feature. Distantly, a small stone ring gets larger and larger as you approach. Your scry crystal responds again, demanding an access code. And upon providing it, the massive ring gate before you washes with the multicolor kaleidoscope of the planes, waiting for you to enter. Brace yourselves, crew. Full speed ahead. Brings us to the end of this broadcast day. You know what that means? It's time for Sarge Hardbody's Hardcore Puppy Hour. Yay! Bring up the pups to speed, body. Really, Sarge? Every week? Every week until they pull me off the air. <sighs> Here's cry of a hairless Faerun underhound. Say what you will about the drow of Faerun. Their breeding programs produce a fine murder mite. I'll give that cutie a 22. Daring. What can I say? Facts is facts. And here's a Danmerian sand snipper. Look at that coat. So sleek and shiny. I love the long thin snout, too. Oh, I'm dying over here. 48. 48? You can't be serious. I know my limits, Paige. You gotta know your limits. <sighs> Fine. Ha, here's one. A Stygian Kerberoi. Wow, look at those teeth. Which row? Is that two pairs of eyes I see? Yes, but not where you think. Marvelous. Truly marvelous. That's a 10. 
Oh, Hornswoggle, that is not a ten. Absurd. I call them like a thethem. Ten. Sarge, you're a powerful man. I'll grant you. But you could not defeat ten guardians of the underworlds in unarmed combat. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was Paige's softcore puppy hour. Go ahead, Paige. Why don't you tell me what I'm capable of? Or maybe you want to arm wrestle for it. You're on. We'll be right back after... I see it, too. That can't be right. It's barely been a day. Call it a draw? Yeah, fine. It would seem, against all odds, the Fallow Crown have begun another quest. Moreover, they seem to be heading away from the ring gates. Where in the hells are they going? Fucking boat adventure, yes! And we land. That's a boat boat done. Boats. (laughs) Oh, man. And they never boated again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Boats. (laughs) Fucking dry-ass adventure. I love it. I mean, it's a sky boat anyway, so it's going to be dry. A sky boat is better than no boat. (laughs) You got to give your boy at least that. It's all showboat or no boat. (laughs) (laughs) Fun little, little connective... Session. Yeah. That's a fucking loot. Yeah, I figured, figured y'all could use yet more downtime. There hasn't been enough downtime lately. My, uh, my, my thought during that last sequence was just like, in the morning, we see Iavos hauling around Ophidian's bones, and then... And then in the afternoon, after we're done with our stuff, we come back in, and he's making soup with all and these bone bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and the one that are all stuck in the gelatin. So that's soup. your favorite moment. I know who those are. <laughs> it's a bone heavy episode. That's surprisingly yeah. a lot of, a lot bones. of boning. Yeah, yeah. So that's your favorite moment of the episode. What about you, Angelo? Uh, Doug is is a show stealer. He's just so bombastic. <laughs> he oozes charisma. Yeah. <laughs> now I think I I lost it the most with uh, our manager diameter. <laughs> yeah, yeah I it's love like her. why. She's the worst and is great. It is great. Yes, it's working. I don't know why, but yeah, she's cracking me up. <laughs> I'm glad. I love the moment about quantifying self-control. I thought that was really <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> I fucked up and gave percentages instead of ratios. I was about to say, for, for those of you that didn't see Law Pointing, uh, I was the, the 30. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was just me... Throwing shit into the wind. <laughs> uh, I just like hearing us all improv together. It's always fun. I, I never walk away from it with like memorable things, but I dropped a couple good bombs this time. I feel oh, good about that. Oh, you fucking nailed it. Uh, making the table laugh is always good. Um, I hate it. <laughs> I want no. you all to be sad and angry. <laughs> exactly. No, honestly, uh, as, as a writer first and DM last, with a lot of things in between. <laughs> Uh, I would say for me, this kind of D&D play is charming and sweet and funny, and I hate it. (laughs) I want everybody to be constantly suffering. I want D&D to be like a difficult therapy session where afterwards you need a nap. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, with jokes. With jokes. (laughs) jokes. I, I appreciate. I appreciate. The idea of the table all laughing at fake song names and Zach just sitting there like, this is, this is my nightmare. And to be fair, trauma and, and horror or bad scenes are made more real by the happy scenes. Agreed. Agreed. Fair. But I like being able to write those happy scenes so I can dictate exactly how they happen. I control the joy. <laughs> I control the joy. But no, for me, I, I actually do really enjoy when y'all improv together. And I will say that while this kind of play is the kind of thing that I normally don't like at my tables, because they're bad at it, y'all make it very entertaining and very enjoyable. And you've really turned me around on it. Well, I say turned around. What I really mean is that you've made it really hard for me to play with anybody else because most people are terrible at their job. <laughs> well, also, just like this kind of extended downtime, extended just kind of character acting improv. That doesn't really happen in normal games, or it's much shorter. Yeah, it's it's because of the the audio you know, podcast format that we really get to do as much as we do, and that's what I really enjoy about being on this podcast is just getting to do more of that than in a normal campaign. I I absolutely enjoy I adore these moments, and more importantly, y'all make it so that I don't have to do things. <laughs> that's, oh, 
So I really want to thank Hedegar the Editor for editing this episode at an hour and 24 raw. And that's going to come down to probably about an hour and 14. So uh, thank you, Sam. I adore you and really value your time. I never really said happy birthday on the air. So happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy, like, birthday. happy birthday. It was like a week ago. Let's, but- let's all make some <laughs> smoochy noises for Sam. Mm, that was awful. Don't, don't do that anymore. Mwah. Uh, <laughs> someone, someone just got really upset. Mwah. Mwah. And and someone else was way into it. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to thank Bree Golden for uh, the, the maps that will exist. Fuck, Ooh. I'll get my combat sheet out. They are not necessarily combat maps. Ooh, I like oh. that. Spirit maps. That's Racing interesting. Maps. Peace maps. <laughs> Racing <laughs> maps. But really, I'm, I'm very happy about this, uh, about this whole experience. Uh, we've got some big stuff coming, and I'm really excited to have you guys learn about it. But until that happens, uh, we wish you luck. Yeah.